Welcome to Beneath Your Beautiful, where guests share stories of adversity and perseverance, which inspire, encourage, and challenge us. We embrace these tough conversations, intimately exploring our loves, fears, and hopes with a delicious combination of depth and lightness. Hello, um, my name is Dr. Christina Strong, and I am a coach and former therapist and um, just really here to share my story in this public way. So, you know, yeah, so bear with me. (laughs) I lost my husband um, seven years ago and really kind of unexpectedly. But prior to that, um, about a year and a half prior to that, I had lost my mom. Mm. And then I was taking care of my stepdad after, you know, because he was sick. And then um, my stepdad passed away. And then two months later, my husband passed. And so I was just in the middle of just managing the grief of losing my parents. And then all of a sudden, my husband was diagnosed with mesothelioma, which was shocking because he was only 42. Then we, he had surgery and then I was taking care of him and he passed away at home. So, you know, all of that happened around seven years ago. And in the midst of this seven years, I have really grown to find myself to find a purpose that is meaningful and really kind of learn how to suffer with grace and compassion. What kind of things have you done to help find yourself? It was really helpful to be a therapist (laughs) at the time because I was able to, you know, I had tools, Mm -hmm. but it didn't make me immune to depression, anxiety, um, just the severe, you know, grief, right? And so I had been introduced or had been practicing mindfulness prior to my mom passing. And it really was very helpful for me. You know, I was able to get mindful in the dirt. I was, you know, pulling weeds and planting my garden and that kind of thing. But then I really dove into it after my husband passed and I became a mindfulness teacher. It was a two-year program taught by uh, Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield. And, you know, so that was really beneficial in, you know, just learning and creating my own practice. But then I also went to a few like silent retreats at Cloud Mountain in Washington and then my with my meditation teacher here in Spokane. So we would have retreats and silent retreats. And so where you get to sit in whatever's going on in your life and learn to hold space for it and learn to just kind of honor and nurture your grief and your pain. And so really those things were what helped me kind of grow through it. I had a counselor a while ago, long time ago, give me a book on mindfulness. And I never picked that book up. I remember thinking, what, I have to figure it out? Like, you're not going to help me. I have to just be silent. Now I totally get it. But so for somebody like the me of 20 years ago, how do you explain how mindfulness helps? 
What about being quiet? How can you explain that to somebody? What good does that do? Oh my goodness. I, <laughs> to me, stillness is so important and it's so valuable just in your everyday life, right? To be able to connect with what's going on inside your mind, inside your heart, your body. You know, you're really able to listen to what it is that you need. So I really encourage people to to practice their stillness, um, even though it, it's uncomfortable for people. And so, but when you really do connect with what is coming up for me, you know, what are the thoughts that I'm thinking? What are the emotions that I'm feeling? And how do you just kind of honor and hold space and just nurture, nurture these feelings? Because when we stuff, when we stuff them, it just gets bottled up. And then there's reactivity as opposed to, you know, being able to respond wisely to whatever it is that's going on with you. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Yeah. That doesn't just come with maturity. It comes with work. You have to do the work to be mature. Right. You have to do the work, right? It's it's totally an intentional practice. You have to be like, yes, I'm going to be mindful today or ground yourself every morning with the intention of being mindful. And yeah, we're human and I'm not mindful all the time and I react and I have things that get me upset, but I recognize that I'm upset a lot faster than um, I did, right? You know, a younger version of me would have been, you know, spiraling and full of criticism and judgment towards myself or just the world around me. So it's a blessing to not feel that way anymore. Loving what is within you as well as others is a a real gift. How would somebody go about practicing if they have no idea how to practice it? Well, I think it's, you know, asking people that do practice, right? And um, just starting really small, right? And without judgment, because mindfulness is, you know, really paying attention in the moment without judgment. So when we're sitting in meditation for the beginning, mind is wandering. It's, you know, all over the place. They call it monkey mind. And so learning to just be still, not that your thoughts are going to be silent because that takes a lot of practice, but just recognizing that you're having the thoughts without judgment. There's no wrong way of meditating and just start small, start with one minute, start with two minutes and then move on from there. What do you think about guided meditation? Oh, I, you know, I love guided meditations. You know, I offer a few on Insight Timer, but that works, right? Either way, if there's any kind of support that you can give yourself to start practicing, that's because it's just really kind of connecting with the intention of meditating. And so, and eventually you might want just quiet. You might just want that absolute stillness, but guided meditations are great. Honoring what's happening now in this moment, right? If I have pain, okay, I see you pain. I notice that you're here. That's great. How long were you married to your husband? We were married for 10 years, together for 13, friends since high school. So we had a really long history together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have children? 
I do. We have um, a boy. He's 14 now. And really my world. <laughs> he's my purpose, right? So he's super great. He was seven when his dad passed. And so it's been now more than half his life than without him, which is kind of hard. My mother passed away when I was 18. And I remember when more than half my life, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so weird. Especially so young at seven, because you don't remember too much, you know, in the early years. So sorry for your son. It's really important for me to talk about his dad, though. You know, we talk about his dad all the time. It's just to keep the memory and to honor him and to, you know, he's not forgotten and he's with us all the time. You said that you've been trying to find your purpose in the last seven years. Do you think you found it and what do you think it is? Definitely being a healthy mom. Being a mom that is present, that is trying to use her own coping skills, being able to kind of help hold space for his emotions when they come up. And really, that's to me, that's the most important thing I need to be doing right now. Yeah, he's a wonderful kid. And so I just want to be able to kind of just support him in, in what he does. So that's my purpose. And then I have other purposes of like, sharing what I have to offer with regards to mindfulness and as a coach to support women in managing, you know, stressful times, being able to help them connect with what their inner landscape and learn to listen to what it is that they need during difficult times so that they can honor that and move forward. So really that's my purpose is to help women in that way too. I love that. Do you lead a hiking group? Did I see that? Oh, yeah. I do this walk and talk for clarity. So I do coaching outside. Oh, right. Cool. So hopefully soon when the weather gets a little bit better, we'll <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. So I do walk and talk with clarity instead of doing like online or in person that might pe make people feel uncomfortable. So it's like, hey, let's go for a walk. I'll walk with you. You can talk through the things that are coming up for you. And let's just make a plan on how you can take care of yourself. Let's be mindful out in nature. So yeah, that's something I absolutely love to do. That's a great idea. A single mom with my kids when they were two and six, and we were in six different houses by the time my youngest was six. I couldn't get traction. I was a tumbleweed. And I so wish I had been a mindful mother. I really am glad that you're doing that for your son. It took too long. I wish I would have known, you know, mindfulness as a teenager, as a, mm -hmm. as a young girl um, to, man, it would have been so beneficial. Even as, you know, in the 20s, it's like it was all autopilot and anxiety and, yeah. you know, inner critic, shameful thinking. And so it's just like... To be able to have had this experience or not experience, but just knowledge would have been so beneficial. I photographed a woman last night that's 28. She is so good about practicing mindfulness and loving her body. And I'm so proud of her because she's 28. She's really getting it at a young age. And I hope that she is an example for what's coming 
I hope that it's much more common and that we don't have to just stumble through life and make it with meaning right from the beginning. Right. Rather than waiting till you lose a loved one or you are faced with a health crisis and then you're like, oh no, life is short. Right. I think that younger generations are starting to become more aware and mindful of their life. And I think that's beautiful. What is some advice you would give to either young you, assuming that you would have listened, or to a young woman right now? The advice would be, it's okay to think for yourself and to make decisions for yourself, to not listen to that inner critic and to be able to say no, you know, it's like you're worthy, even if you disappoint other people, that would have been really valuable. And I would have loved to have heard that and actually practiced that, right? right. To have that confidence to be able to just like know my worth. Yeah, I suffered from the same thing, believe me. I was listening to Elizabeth Gilbert's podcast and she was talking to an artist who was saying she didn't feel like an artist because she couldn't get into this school. And Elizabeth Gilbert said, you don't need somebody else to tell you you're an artist. Make your own diploma. And so I designed a plaque that said, Para is worthy. I deemed it by telling myself. I hung it on my living room wall for the longest time that I was worthy. But I wonder why it's so hard to believe it. I don't even know what the bar is worthy of what. You know, when somebody says they're enough, I'm like, enough what? You're perfect. No matter what, you're perfect. Too little is perfect, even if it's not enough. Who's the one judging enough? Right. Whatever it is, it is, right? Enough should be just out of the vocabulary. It's a little bit like worthy because of course we are, because we were born. Finding that intrinsic value within yourself, that worth within yourself, that really that truly loving yourself, it's hard for some people. And because of the messages that they've been taught when they were young, and believed to be true. And it's like learning to unhook from those messages and believe that you are worthy. Because I have children and probably this will make sense for you. I learned to love myself because I love my children and I saw what that looked like. And I was somebody's child once. So therefore I'm as lovable as my kids are. And so I started to just talk to myself as if I was this lovable little five-year-old. When I play tennis and I mess up, which is, you know, every other point, I say, oh, good job. Good try. That kindness led to love. It takes practice. It takes practice. And it takes intentionality, right? And, and doing that for yourself sets the example for your child. Exactly. It is possible to have love for yourself and just be gracious, even when you're imperfect, because, you know, who cares? Also, who's not? There's no such thing. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beneath Your Beautiful, hosted by Hara Allison. And thank you for your ratings and reviews. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Stay tuned. <laughs>